Welcome to PR for Humans. I'm Mike Sargent, and I'm on a mission to help business leaders communicate more powerfully. Do you want to develop world-class media skills? Do you want to become a high-impact public speaker? Do you want a galvanizing business story that delivers your success? Then I can help. Visit sergeantleaders.com or prforhumans.com. Type Mike Sargent into Google. Find me. Find me and call me for media training, public speaking training, PR consulting, and leadership coaching. Anywhere in the world, I'd love to help you. My new book is PR for Humans, published April 2019. You can find it on Amazon. And please go now to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, rate and review this show. Thank you. Thank you. Share this podcast, share your stories, share your knowledge, stay human, and stay curious. Great. Welcome to the show. And here I am with Ileana Stareva. Ileana, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Mike. Really excited to be here. No problem. Um, your, your concept of inbound PR really hit the mark with me and opened up some new ways of thinking about communication and, and public relations. So I wonder if you could just start off by giving me a very quick summary. What does inbound mean when it comes to public relations? Sure. So the term inbound was invented by the company that I work at right now, HubSpot. Um, it started really with the whole marketing discipline. So inbound marketing. And the idea there was that buyers have changed. The way they make purchase decisions are different than the way they used to be before. <clears throat> so now we have a lot more power at our hands, right? Like we control what we see, we control what um, we watch, we control what we listen to, we control who we talk to. Everything is at our fingertips with our phones. And we've really become very sophisticated uh, and basically able to just ignore brands and their messages in whatever shape or form. And with that, um, consumer needs have became a lot more sophisticated. So the whole premise with inbound is regardless whether you're targeting potential customers or you're targeting the media or you're targeting your employees, you're not doing it anymore with outbound type of tactics such as direct mail or um, you know, anything that's directly pushed out at them as in a pitch, for example, but you rather uh, bring them and attract them into your content because the content is valuable because that's how people see it and they actually find you on their own throughout their research and decision-making journey rather than you're trying to reach out to them and chase them the whole time. Yeah, so that's the idea just, within um, that. You know, push, push your messages out onto people or you know, throw things at your Correct. audiences or your consumers. You've got to find ways of, I guess, reeling them in by, by being interesting or by being relevant or by doing things that in one way or another you know, they want to be part of and they come to you, right? That's exactly right. So the, the whole inbound methodology um, is around the concept of, or the notion of pushing versus pulling. You, you can no longer push. You need to pull people in exactly as you say, through content that's remarkable, through content that's relevant, to, through content that matters um, to the intended audience you're trying to reach. Mm. And in this, a lot of the, the PR world is still maybe tied to the old ways of, of working where they take a client and the client wants to be known, to be loved, to have a good reputation and the PR advisors and those working in the agency and maybe the in-house guys as well uh, put together a plan of, of, you know, 
projecting a story out, if you like, broadcasting a story either at journalists or directly mm. to to audiences without really thinking through this inbound idea, which at its core, uh, it seems to me, is about creating incredible content. Exactly. Inbound PR is all about incredible content, but before the actual content creation um, comes strategy. And that's the most important thing and the biggest difference, difference, I think, when it comes to traditionally how a lot of PR agencies and PR people have been doing PR. Typically, you'd come up with a news idea or some sort of a story, and then you create the content and you start pitching, you know, as you said, broadcasting it. Whereas inbound PR is a lot more strategic in the sense that it really starts with the goals that you have in mind. Like, what are you really trying to achieve and how is that going to affect the bottom line? I think here we're going into a whole nother conversation that's been a pain for PR for years when it comes to measurement. But mm. inbound PR starts with that. That's the number one step. And even if it's just a small campaign you're going to run, you still want to know what type of um, effect that's going to have on your larger business goals and everything else that you're doing for your business. I'm a firm believer that PR can and should influence sales. And then once you have your goals in mind, then you're going to have to define your personas. That's very, very key when it comes to the inbound PR methodology. And that's why it's step number two um, when you're trying to do inbound PR, because nowadays you have different type of audiences. And yes, you can go through the media. Absolutely. Uh, if that's going to get you in front of really the people you're trying to reach. But um, companies nowadays use a lot of their own media, their own website, their own blog, their own social media channels, etc. So even as a PR person, maybe for this particular um, campaign that you're trying to do or for this particular goal that you're trying to achieve, you actually don't need to go through the media. You can just leverage your own channels with your own content. So the number one thing that needs to be done really is the definition of those personas that then align with what is it that you're trying to achieve. And only then can you start thinking about the tactics, the exact content, the exact stories that you're going to tell, because you're going to do a very heavy research on those personas in the sense that, in the sense of what are they really looking for? What type of pains do they have? What are their challenges? How can I solve them through my content, my product, my services? Um, how do they make decisions to actually choose me? What's their decision-making journey? Like all of that is backed up with a ton of research. And that's why I say Imam PR is a lot more strategic because the heavy lifting and uh, really the work that needs to happen first is that goal setting and then the research, which I think a lot of people right now in the peer industry forego and they just rely on certain assumptions. And as I said, start crafting a story based on a certain topic they think it's important and then just start pitching it, really not doing that whole research piece. Yeah, and there's a lot of kind of gut instinct that seems to come into, into PR and, right. and a, lot of, a lot of PR people, you know, for quite understandable reasons, they find themselves working with a chief executive or working with senior team in a company. And it's, it's a lot about the relationship and it's a lot about doing mm. things that please that person, whether that's getting them into the, you know, the, the newspaper in the right way or getting them on television or getting them somewhere. Um, and right, all but... of that may or may not be useful, uh, but it's, it's, this, it's, it's the having that kind of rigor of, okay, what are we trying to, to achieve here? Right. And, and the discipline that, that your kind of approach and your philosophy seems to bring to PR uh, appears to be much needed in the, in the public relations world. Well, I hope so. And to your point, right, like a lot of these practitioners will work with um, higher people, CEOs or chief executives or whatever, and like you're trying to please them. But at the end of the day, they hired you for the job. 
right? And so they're expecting results. And so if you're just a yes type of person, you're probably not going to achieve them. I, I think PR people need to be seen, for PR people to be seen as strategic advisors, they're going to have to challenge those high up executives. And they're going to have to tell them no, or they're going to have to start asking why five times to dig into things in terms of like, you know, this executive can tell you, I want to be in this newspaper next week. And you'd be like, well, why? And as soon as you start digging, it might just be something they just want to do, but don't really realize the, the the prospects of it or the potential of it. And then they may, by you, if you're digging with a lot of questions, the executive themselves, they, they may see that actually that's not necessary and actually that's not going to bring us the results we want. Instead, we should do X, Y, Z. And a lot of the things that you're talking about, people in the marketing world, digital marketing and so on, have been, have been doing for for some time now with a pure marketing intention. Is it, is it right that you, you're sort of taking some inspiration and ideas from the marketing world and, and reimagining them for, for PR? Absolutely. That's how the whole inbound PR concept was born. So I spent quite a few years working in PR before I joined um, HubSpot. And when I joined HubSpot, um, I was a consultant to a lot of agencies who came from a digital content creation web world, but then also a lot of PR agencies. So I was working with them um, to basically redesign their entire service portfolio and service businesses and growth by and grow by providing inbound marketing services. So I really had to narrow, narrow down on the whole inbound marketing methodology and learn that um, very well. And that's when I saw the whole link between what PR was doing and lacking versus what inbound, PR, inbound marketing was doing really well uh, and also lacking. So what I noticed was that all those agencies who came from more of a marketing digital web background, they're really struggling with the whole storytelling content creation piece. For them, that was really difficult. It just wasn't natural to them. But they were really good at the data, right? Like they, they'd always start with the numbers. Like everything with them was metrics driven, which is really what inbound marketing preaches. But then if you think about PR, we've known that measurement has been a problem for the industry for like basically since its whole existence. So that's how I saw the link between the two disciplines, content and measurement. And I started blogging, you know, just really sharing my thoughts on how you could potentially combine the industries or, or just learn from one another, basically. And, and really, that's how Inbound PR was born. People were starting to remark on my content. You know, a lot more readers um, were sharing it online as well and just giving feedback that it really makes sense. Started doing a lot of public speaking. Same thing there, um, always at the Q&A, people would ask me, well, where do we go to learn more? Are there any certifications or online resources? Um, is there a book? Uh, and, and that's how, how the idea for the book too was born. It was really feedback driven in a way that I was already writing about this topic, this concept. People were liking it. People wanted more. Uh, and clearly it was, it was some sort of a gap in the market that um, luckily I... I hope that I have achieved by publishing the book now. Mm. No, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful idea. And it's something that I've been thinking about a lot as I explore storytelling and, and human storytelling mm. and how to devise you know, PR and communication strategies that are more human. And, and none of that means that the technology is irrelevant or the data is irrelevant. And what really interests me is how you bring together um, high quality human storytelling that's that's really powerful and sometimes very creative how you bring that together with something that is using technology and data in the most effective way particularly as you say when it comes to this concept of measuring 
the actual results and tracking the progress of what you're doing. So I wonder if you could just explain a little bit more how the, the age-old problem of measurement in PR uh, can be addressed in your methodology. Sure. And just to um, share a couple of thoughts on what you mentioned, I totally agree with you in the sense that technology is just an enabler, right? Like everything else then is strategic thinking and, and what you have in your head. So to your point, that type of storytelling, um, and by the way, I'm really looking forward to reading a book, but that type of storytelling is key nowadays when there's just content overload everywhere. There's so much information. It's difficult for people to choose you know, what's the right content for me? And like, obviously fake news, we've got that whole big problem out there. But that's, you know, I think your thinking aligns really well with the inbound PR thinking as well, because the whole idea with that by a persona or persona definition and their decision-making journey research um, ties into what's the type of storytelling these people would like to consume. Like really, you're starting with the, the ideal profile of these humans in mind, you're really researching them, their habits, their needs, their pains, their challenges. And only then are you creating stories that, would, that they would really like or find relevant or solve any of their pains. Um, as for the technology piece, obviously I think software is important. Uh, and as a PR agency or just as any company, you're going to have to figure out what type of software you're going to use to enable you to track all these things. Um, I'm a little bit biased here because software is, is great in the sense that um, it basically tracks everything real time. So, it, but I think that the most important thing, again, goes back into the goals, right? Like, what are you trying to achieve? Um, and then once you have that, I, I always advise that people should start with long-term goals, right? Like, what, what are you trying to achieve for the year? So what type of revenue are we trying to achieve this year? How much of that we expect PR to contribute? All right, we have this big vision, so to say, for the next 12 months. Let's start breaking that down into you know, monthly targets or quarterly targets that we want to achieve. Um, and so really depends, again, on what are we trying to do. But with the monthly targets, you can, start, you can track things around traffic. You can tra- track things around conversions as well. Um, the quarterly ones, you can track things around new, customer, new customers you've closed or, you know, new media um, people you've actually uh, worked on, worked with um, and generated some coverage. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's almost like, as I said, depends really on your long-term goals. But if you have software that's able to track all of these um, longer-term metrics and then your monthly, so to say, or quarterly metrics uh, in real real time, that'll be key. I always advise people to look at, as I said, um, traffic conversions and then closed business um, for the persona that you're trying to target, and that's very key in the inbound methodology. Um, we call these we call this the flywheel, and we've um, three stages there: attract, engage, and delight. And really, attracting is about the whole traffic, so to say. Engaging is about um, having people engage more with your content. So typically, that would be some sort of a conversion on the website where they've given you their email address, so you can keep on engaging with them. And then delight is really when you sort of like close them as a new business or you made the contact and you've agreed there's going to be some coverage. You're going to work together on some story. Yeah. And if this is content that is designed to, to, to attract and, and, and interest and, and ultimately to drive sales, what, what is the difference between that and marketing? I mean, is, is PR becoming a kind of marketing in, in the way that you describe it? Or do you still see a very clear difference between marketing and, and public relations? I think all disciplines are blurring. They've been blurring for years right now. 
I think if you have a really good peer professional who understands the whole digital reality, they can probably do everything that's marketing driven for you and vice versa. You'd be surprised how many inbound marketing agencies <clears throat> have turned into doing PR just because they've become, email marketing too is all about content. And once they've become really good about content and content storytelling, they turned into offering PR services and they're doing that really well. Granted, they're still building up the relationships with a lot of media people and that takes time, as you know, but um, they are just as well suited to do it. And there've been a lot of customers as well and clients who've, who've just wanted to have one agency rather than multiple agencies um, to do to various different things for them and, and not speak to each other. So I definitely mm. agree that the industries are blurring, but of course, let's not forget that PR2 has different purposes. I think PR... Uh, unlike any other industry is unique in the sense that it can actually work with a lot of stakeholders. It could be the potential buyers. It can be the media. It can be the employees. It can be share shareholders, right? Whereas marketing is really just the buyers. So that's the key difference there. And there are a lot of other things that I believe um, PR is probably better suited to do than other industries, such as crisis communication, um, if you're a good seasoned professional who understands how to do that, that that's probably where our clients should invest. Yeah. And if I can fully understand how the inbound idea really works in a kind of sales driven environment or where you're, you're trying to use PR ultimately to, to increase your, your growth, your sales or whatever it is, but what mm -hmm. about in, in a crisis situation or what about in a sort of, you know, this is where many of the, the PR advisors earn their big fees when something's gone gone wrong uh, yeah. and or there's a threat to your reputation and, and you need advice on it. How applicable is, is your is your approach, your inbound approach in, in those situations? I think it's still applicable because at the end of the day, if you're good at crisis management, then you would have had a plan from the very start, like even before the crisis began, there would have been some sort of a plan in place um, to be able to react in that situation in a good way. And we go back into the whole pulling uh, concept again here. If you've had that plan, if you act quickly as soon as the situation arises, then you'll probably create some content, put it on the website right then and there in immediately and do so with your social networks. And so that when people start Googling, they will find your response right away. And they're not going to be waiting for answers or searching them or people will, we're not going to be just inventing their own stories and assuming what has happened because you've already acted really quickly. So that inbound, that whole pulling, pulling part is still there. Yeah. And just, just explain how in a media relations context, we can use inbound uh, ideas to cultivate our, our journalist networks and, and do media relations itself more powerfully. Sure. So I've, through my research for the book, um, and I had a startup here in Dublin that I was running, so I tested that with that. Um, I found that journalists are very similar to buyers, right? Like they're busy people. And obviously when they want to write a story, they do their own research. And nowadays that research heavily happens online. So it is on Google. So just as buyers, journalists Google for things. And what you're trying to achieve in media relations is Immediately when that journalist starts researching um, their story or anything around that story, you want to be on the first page of Google, Google at the top. You want to be there. You want to be seen. You want them to find you and reach out to you and be like, hey, actually, I'm, I'm working on this story. I want to feature you guys or something in the likes. So 
it, it works the exact same way and that's why research is so important. You need to understand those journalists, you need to know um, the topics that they're writing about, you need to know what's coming up in the pipeline as well, like you need to know what type of questions they're asking, what's their turnaround time for those stories, what do their readers like to read, because essentially that's what the journalist is trying to solve for. So that's, that's super important for you to do then your research. And once you have an idea of what type of questions these journalists are looking for uh, and how they want to answer them, you can start creating content. And I always advise that um, a newsroom is super helpful because even if you directly pitch a journalist and they do read your pitch in their email inbox, what they'll probably do first is actually check you out. So they go on your website, they'll validate um, they'll validate you in every possible aspect. And so if you have a space for them where they can look into details on their own, at their own time, at their own pace, not having to chase you and email you and wait for answers, um, if you have it all in a, in a type of a newsroom on your website, you're saving everybody so much time. And we, I had a, an agency in the, in the UK who was doing that really, really successfully um, and, and worked very well for them because, again, we're all super busy. So you're saving yourself time, you're saving them, them time, um, and, and they're just finding what they need on their own. On their own. Yeah. And what, what does a good newsroom contain? What would you advise every client to, ha- to have in that newsroom as a sort of essential checklist? Or, or, or would, it, would it completely depend on, on, the, on the industry and the individual company? Well, of course, I think there needs to be some adjustment uh, based on industry and individual company. But through the research that I did for the book, I came up with a list of 16 things that the newsroom needs. So they're in the book to find. Um, But one crucial thing before you actually start thinking about the things the newsroom need is once once you have sort of like that list, you're going to you need to be very clever around the architectural design of the newsroom, because once you start with it in the beginning, you may not have that much content, but later on, you'll probably get uh, have more and more and more and so I've seen newsrooms that have a ton of stuff but are very difficult to search um, and it's just painful so really what you want to have there is a good search through a search function a good sort function like you really want to have something that's very well organized um, very easy for someone to find what they're looking for so obviously what you want to have there is um, new press releases or, or anything that any news um, type of things that are currently relevant um, somewhere you want to have your past coverage as well. Ideally, you have overviews of the company, product sheets, services sheets, overviews of the executives, um, executive bios, um, any awards you may have won, um, like any any stuff that, again, might be relevant to whoever you're trying to reach as a media persona. Um, ideally, you have links to your social profiles and your blogs just so that they are easily available over there. Um, and so... Again, to your point, right, it probably depends on the industry and how much content you already have, but typically that's what you're trying to to put in there. Depending on how your research went when you were looking at defining your media persona and their decision-making journey, um, that's obviously going to give you cues in terms of, all right, that's the type of content I should be putting on my newsroom. And in all of this, it, it strikes me that to, to do PR effectively these days and to do to put in place the full kind of inbound ideas is going to be quite a difficult quite a complicated process and it's going to involve you know possibly quite a large team to create the content to put in place the measurement do the software to do all the 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 client inter interface and everything else that you have to do anyway i mean is pr getting more complicated and and do you need a, a bigger team now to deliver this effectively i don't think so i think 
I think it depends on what you're trying to achieve, right? Like if you have these big goals and if you want PR to play this massive role in your company, yes, you're going to need a bigger team. But everything else is just a learning journey. So you can even have one professional who's tech savvy and data, data driven. Uh, and yes, it's going to take you time to do all the research and you may want to rely on other companies to help you with that. But that, those are going to be like one of sort of projects in a way until you get yourself comfortable to doing PR the own way. And then everything else just flows. So it's, it's really just that learning jump um, that needs to happen initially um, to get your team comfortable. Uh, but then after that, I think it's just business as usual. And yes, granted, as I said, um, with digital, things have changed. So with different media types, right? Like we have the whole peso model. So it's not just for PR. It's not just um, earned. It's also owned and paid um, in social. So that increases the spectrum uh, if that's what PR is really going to sell for. But technology can enable you to do a lot of things like the HubSpot software, for example, has a ton of automation. So as long as you spend the time on the research and the strategy and then the configuration, you can let the software do a lot of things for you. AI is coming as well. Like it's going to replace a lot of like manual type of work. Um, so definitely something to leverage um, there to save you time. But really the key is then the strategic thinking. Yeah. And is all of this a big disruptor for the, for the established PR order, the, the big agencies that currently dominate the market and, and the way that the, the public relations world is structured? Do you think there's a massive challenge underway to uh, the established order? I definitely think so. And not just among agencies, but then also among uh, big companies, big corporations. I recently did uh, like an internal training for a pretty, very big global organization. Uh, and I firsthand saw how difficult it is to transform for them. Um, given everything that's happening in digital and, you know, AI, et cetera, right now. So it's hard for people who've been in the industry for a while to wrap their heads around everything new that's happening. And, and, and the industry moves very fast. Technology moves very fast. Digital moves extremely fast right now. Um, it is a challenge. Um, I've seen it with a lot of the agencies that I used to consult as well, small and big. Transformation is really difficult because it requires change. And typically change is scary. Um, people fear change. Uh, and so unless people become, unless professionals become comfortable with change and see it more as an experimentation type of thing, um, rather than something that disrupts the status quo and their comfort zone, they're not going to change. Uh, so it is difficult, but that needs to be driven then by, by the leadership team. And if people are not bought in, they probably shouldn't be part of your team. Mm. Great. Well, it, it's been wonderful talking to you, uh, Liana. I, I wonder what's what's next for you after this this book. I think came out last year. What what are you currently working on, and what's uh, what's on the horizon for you? Correct. The book came out last year, and currently I'm trying to figure out uh, my next book. I'm getting back uh, into consulting a little bit more. For the last two years, I've been in a in a role that's dealt a lot more with. Um, program management and internal communication um, haven't been so firsthand with customers or with agencies. So I'm trying to get back more into consulting and figure out what is the next book that I really want to write. But I think I'm going to take the exact same approach. I'll start blogging about it, seeing how people react to it and getting some feedback there and then deciding to whether to turn it into something bigger as a book or not. Mm. And what's your advice on blogging? So how, how, how do you get an impact with your with your blogs what's your how do you um decide what to write about and, and where to put them and and how to how to track them 
Sure. I use my HubSpot software for everything when it comes to um, blogging and then tracking all the results. <clears throat> and really my blog started on an experimentation almost eight, eight years ago. And at that stage for me, it was just a way to learn how to write. So that was my initial goal. And over time, that changed, changed a little bit. But I think what's key is for you to define your audience, right? Like who are you writing for? So my blog is all about the PR professional who wants to change. It's about the agencies as well that want to transform uh, and grow their own businesses through consulting. And it's, it's about digital in general as well. Like what are the trends, what's happening in the marketing and PR industries. So um, you want to know who is it that you're writing for. And then what you want to do is you want to set up a cadence, but, but you really want to make it a cadence that you stick with. So for me, for years, it's been one blog post per week. And comes to what, like I've always figured out how once, once per week I'm going to publish something because I don't have the time for more with a full-time job and I do my blog on the side. Um, and you need to find ways and you need to create the habits to stick to the writing uh, cadence because uh, for a blog to be successful, um, you need perseverance and um, you need also lots of content, lots of good content as well. So she can start ranking uh, for search for the topics that you're writing for and start generating, start growing that SEO, start ge- generating a bigger readership. Mm. And where should you host your blog? Should you put it on your own website or should you put it somewhere else? Um, t- well, it really depends on what you're trying to achieve, right? Like I put it on, I created my own website and put it there because eventually I wanted to um, have, like if someone was Googling my name, I wanted them to come to that because my blog has my name. So it's almost like a reputational kind of thing that I'm doing. But of course, there are other mediums. If you're just starting out, like you can use LinkedIn publishing or you can use Medium. That's a way to do it if you're too scared to start your own website. But there's so much technology out there right now. Like WordPress is extremely easy for you to set up something that's your own. You don't even have to buy the domain initially if you want to. You can just use your name.wordpress.com and just start blogging, put things out there. Lots of ways um, to get started. Great. Well, look, thank you so much for, for sharing your, your views and your opinions. They're, they're, they're really, really powerful. And I've learned a lot in this conversation. So thank you very much, Ileana, for, for coming on the podcast and, and best of luck with all of your future activities. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate being here. Thank you so much. Hope your listeners enjoy the show and good luck with your book. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. And so we reach the end of another episode of PR for Humans. I do hope you've enjoyed the show. Please share the ideas and the knowledge. Visit prforhumans.com or sergeantleaders.com for more information about me and my work. I provide media training, public speaking training, leadership coaching and PR strategy for amazing clients all over the world. Perhaps we can work together someday. Either way, I wish you luck. Share this podcast. Share your stories share your knowledge. Stay human and stay curious.